0: We also would love to connect with you on our social media on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Hey, Kingdom Culture family, welcome, happy Sunday. I wanna welcome all of our community as well as those that are watching online for the first time, welcome. Please let us know where you're from in the chat. If you're watching this after the fact, I wanna say welcome as well. And our prayer for you today is that you would truly experience God in a real way. Most of you know that today is a very, very special day for the Kingdom Culture community as it's our house of hearts Sunday. This is a special one time year end sacrificial offering, allowing us as a community, as an organization, to end the year strong and start the year off even stronger. We call it House of Hearts because we believe it's God's design and desire to raise up and build a house, a spiritual house, full of healthy hearts. And like I say, always, it's more about what God does in our hearts in moments like this than anything else. God stretches us. He expands us. He challenges us in moments like these. And ultimately, I believe he breaks through on behalf of us. As you've heard for the last several weeks, testimonies. Man, some of them have been just been absolutely mind-blowing and so encouraging for Michelle and I, and I know for our community and our leaders. It's been an incredible, incredible year to even just watch what God has done in so many lives in a season where it's been really challenging. And so I wanna just uh, say thank you for all those that have continued to track with us along this journey and all the new ones, welcome along on the journey. We can't wait to meet you in person. It will happen. I promise you, one day we will come back and we will see everybody physically and we just can't wait for that. As well as all those abroad that have joined us, I want to welcome you into the family if you're connected here. Once again, this House of Hearts uh, Sunday applies to everyone, but more specifically those that call KC or Kingdom Culture their Home. Now, for many of you for this House of Heart Sunday, you're going to begin to step out for the first time financially and trust God with your first. 10, which is your tithe. The Bible talks about the tithe belonging to God. This may be your step, trusting God for the first time with your tithe. Or maybe it's trusting God with just giving for the first time. Or maybe for many of you, it's going to be a sacrificial financial gift above and beyond your normal giving. Whatever the case may be, we celebrate whatever part of the journey you're you're on. And I just believe that as you step out in faith, God will meet you in a powerful way. And that's why, I wanna encourage you to get out your House of Hearts package. You got your bookmark here. You got your bookmark and you got your card to write down uh, what you wanna do and what you wanna give. Now, of course, as you know, uh, there's also a digital card that you can fill out online. This is simply a card that if you wanna mail it in, uh, you know, the old school way, which we still celebrate, if you wanna mail it in, just a little more complicated, but if you wanna mail it in, you can fill this out. Uh, or like I said, you can fill it out online digitally and we'll have an opportunity to do that at the end, as well as this is your bookmark. I wanna encourage you to keep it Because on the back, it says, in 2021, the miracles I am believing for are. And I wanna encourage you to write those things down. We always encourage our house to attach things that they are believing for for the following year and attach that in their faith to their sacrificial one-time offering. Now, this is these are the testimonies you're hearing. We just believe that when we attach our faith to moments like these, we open the door to receive what God wants to do in our life in a powerful way. And so we're going to pray over everyone's Prayer requests or what they're believing for at the very end of the experience, right after we take communion. So as well, we're having communion today. So I want to encourage you: get out your uh, elements, your grape juice, your wine, or whatever, your bread, your cracker, whatever the case may be for you. Get it out, get it ready. Uh, We want to give you time to do that as well as it's gonna. I just believe it's gonna be an amazing amazing Sunday today for so many people. If I haven't said it already, I would say that it's sad that we're not able to meet in person as usual because moments like these are so powerful. We have families come down and drop off their offering together uh, into our House of Hearts offering boxes that we built just for this special day. It's a powerful moment, we pray as a family uh, over our kids and over our, our spouses, or if we're single, we come down. It's just a moment to come down and, and just take a moment with God as we drop the physical offering into the box. Well, today we're doing this quarantine edition. It's all digital uh, unless you want to mail it in. And But I just believe it's going to be just as powerful. We don't need a physical building. It's great. We love physical buildings, but God is still the same and he's still present with us today. And so I'm excited about what God is gonna do from this Sunday morning. Now, today also is the end of a six-week series called Heart Seasons. Heart Seasons, I hope that you've enjoyed this journey. Thank you for for journeying with us along on this journey for six weeks. I think it's been an amazing six weeks. If you haven't heard some of the messages, I I would encourage you to go back and listen to the messages as they kind of build a platform or a foundation for what it is that we're talking about. And I just believe that all of us are in some form of a heart season. As I've said, heart seasons are always hard seasons and it's in those harder seasons where God works on the heart stretches the heart that's what we call this Sunday the house of hearts Sunday because in moments like these the heart gets stretched but it also gets opened up to the beauty and awesomeness of how generous our God really is and how faithful he is the premise of this whole uh series is out of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 to 27 out of the message it says this keep vigilant Watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step, and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil in the dust. Really, and I've said it over and over again, to guard the heart. To guard the heart. Now, in some translations, it says with all diligence, guard the heart. Because out of the heart fall the issues of life. To guard the heart is to guard it as a prison ward would guard a prison. Protect the heart. I love how the message translation kind of defines it in that, you know, it really is reflected in what we say. In our tongue. Out of the heart comes gossip and banter and white lies and and all these things that really don't do justice to who God wants us to be and has called us to be. so we need to protect our heart, to control our tongue, is to guard our heart as a prison ward would guard the prison. Now, I've gone through, uh, like I said, five weeks already of content. I hope it's impacted you. want to give you a little bit of a recap as we build towards today, the, se- the series finale. The first week talked about heart exposure and really broke down seasons of isolation. Seasons of isolation. I-, I know that for a lot of people, they still feel like they're in a season of isolation. In a sense kind of, we're all in a season of isolation still. You know, especially if you're single and you feel like, and maybe you're in a province or in an area where there's crazy restrictions, especially let's say in Quebec, you know, you just can't see that many people outside of your household. You feel like you're still in a season of isolation. The week two, we talked about the three leavens of influence, talking about seasons of pressure, seasons of pressure and how pressure really just provokes and, and brings up from what's already within us. We talked about how we, we likened it to how Jesus talks about leaven, yeast, that leavens the whole lump, that what's already within rises to the surface and takes over in seasons of pressure. We talked about caught, not taught, Seasons of opportunity. Talked about how Elijah threw on the mantle, the opportunity, the opportunity of succession onto Elisha one day. Talked about how do we seize opportunities and seasons of opportunity. Talked about caution, the caution of compromise, and broke down the seasons of temptation. Broke breaking down, you know, uh, uh, the the temptations of Jesus, and really why did Jesus get tempted? Uh, with the the things that the devil tempted him with, there's a reason for it. So listen to that message. I believe it will really impact your life. And then last week we spoke uh, out of First Chronicles chapter 29, talking about over and above seasons of realization and how David went over and above. Because he had an affection towards the house of God, even though he didn't build the house of God, he resourced it. He provided for it and how he went over and above uh, what was expected of him um, because he had a realization that everything he had, everything he owned came from God to begin with. Now, the thing about this whole series, uh, I believe this, begs the question, do you want success or do you want significance? Why? Because if you can lean in and come out stronger, better, more mature during these heart seasons we all go through, we will move past success and into significance. There's a big chasm between the two. I think our culture really promotes success, but the kingdom promotes significance. What kind of legacy do you wanna be remembered for? What do you wanna leave behind. Today, I believe we're breaking through, and it's not just in our finances, but I believe it's in our heart, hence the series Heart Season. So we're going to be talking about another Heart Season today. Now, as we jump into the scripture, I want to look at something very important. I said this last week, I believe. I talked about how the Bible is full of incredible truth concerning, uh, uh, you know, concerning money, concerning possessions, concerning generosity, you know, and often we f- it's easy to focus on stuff like prayer and, you know, uh, integrity and character. And these are all good. And Jesus did focus on that. There are actually more than 500 verses on prayer, 500 on faith. But when it comes to money, for example, there are 2,000 verses on money and possessions. And in 38 parables, Jesus talked about money in 16 of those 38 parables. Something very important as we dive into today's uh, message. Today I want to dive into the heart of a widow that Jesus highlights in Mark chapter 12 verse 41. Let's read this together. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they give a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. I wanna talk today about the subject, when a little is a lot. When a little is a lot. Talking about seasons of sacrifice to close out our heart seasons series. You know, in the beginning, I feel like of my journey with God, especially when it comes to ministry, sacrifice was probably, if there was a brand, a word that branded the beginning stages, it would be sacrifice. Not that it doesn't right now. You know, Romans 12 says we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. But there are some seasons where sacrifice feels like it's everything, where it's just everything all the time. You know, when we feel like we're in that season where God is building foundation, building sort of the hardest part of a building often can be the foundation. You got to dig up the rock. You got to get through some stuff. Sometimes there's things you got to move around. The ground is hard. The weather doesn't go the way you plan. And so the foundation can be one of the most discouraging processes. And so, you know, in seasons like this, it often feels like sacrifice, and I remember in the beginning of our ministry, I remember one moment when I, you know, was about to move away for a season, and I needed a certain amount of money. I was going on this big over overseas trip, and I didn't have any money. I needed over four thousand dollars. I had no money, and I remember, I remember, like praying, God, you, I, you know, you got to provide. I believe you want me to go. I believe you want me to go. And I remember, you know, just about a day or two days before I had to leave, I still had no money. Uh, somebody dropped off in my mailbox about $200, $200. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, this is amazing. Of course, it's not close enough to the over 4,000 that I needed. But in that, on that same day, in that, on that same night, I was actually in a church service. And uh, there was an offering being taken up and I really felt the Lord say to me, give the $200. And I'm thinking in my mind, man, I need this money. Like this would be a massive sacrifice. I actually need this money. It's part of you know, money that I need to go on this trip. And uh, I felt God say, give me the $200. Trust me, trust me. When you step out and sacrifice and you trust me within that sacrifice, I breathe on it. If you look at all throughout the Old Testament, the sacrifices they, they they were offerings to God and they were a pleasing aroma to God often you look at Elijah's showdown with the false prophets you know God he, he created an altar and put a sacrifice on that altar and God came down and consumed the sacrifice when we step out and we honor God with sacrifice obedient to God in sacrifice not just sacrificing to God to get his attention to 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 Please God, because we think we're going to get His attention by sacrificing. No, it's a, it's an obedient sacrifice. It's a, I believe I have faith. God has shown me, He's motivated me to make the sacrifice. He's shown me to walk out of the boat and walk on the water. When God shows you, God nudges you. That's when you need to lean in to sacrifice. And so I sold this two hundred dollars, and I'm telling you within forty eight hours. I received over $4,000 for my trip. In fact, I received it on the way to the airport. On the way to the airport. That's how crazy the timing was. I needed it before I went to the airport and I knew that God had spoken to me and God showed up. He provided for me. And I say this to say that in seasons of sacrifice, it often feels like we're stepping out when we don't have what we need. This is, this is what Jesus was really addressing Uh, with the story of the widow. And he was using this moment with the widow to teach his disciples. He said, come on guys, come over here. Let me show you about what heart sacrifice looks like. It may not be a lot, two, two small coins. It may not be a lot. It may not be that much. But to her, it's everything. And the reason why he could tell that the rich were giving out of their surplus and it wasn't really a sacrifice it wasn't feeling like much it was not painful but and and then how she he noticed that this was a widow who came and gave everything she had because he could not only could he see the heart and see the weight of the sacrifice he could hear the coins drop you know in that time there wasn't like bills and checks being dropped off in a money box you could hear the amount of coins that would have been dropped. Not only would you see it, you'd hear it. So the rich would come and they'd like drop a whole bag full of coins and it sounded amazing and people probably celebrated and clapped, but maybe not necessarily knowing that that wasn't really a big sacrifice for them. But here this widow comes and God knows, Jesus knows she's a widow, comes and drops two. He hears two, two clicks. And knows that this was everything that she had. And, and he used that as an opportunity to teach his disciples of, about sacrificial generosity. And as, as we as a ministry have started out this way, even in my own personal faith journey, I just believe it continues to sustain this way. I want to be known as a man of sacrifice. Sacrificing the right things to get the right things. Not sacrificing the wrong things so that I get the wrong things, but sacrificing the right things so I can come into all the right things that God has for me and my life. And ultimately, what happens in a process like this isn't the money return. I'm thankful God provided the $4,000. What that does for me, the memory for me is not the money. It's what God did in my heart. As I said, God, this $200, I mean, I need it. It's all I have for the trip, but I'm gonna trust you with it. When I see God's faithfulness in the aftermath of me stepping out and sowing that seed, it does something to my heart. It grows my capacity to receive and believe and trust God. And so this is why we say this. It's not about uh, the, the offering itself. It's about what God does in and through our heart, not only in the moment. Let me ask you a question as we continue to dive into this. Are you led by your little or is the little led by you? You know, the widow, Could have been led by her little, the little bit, the little bit that she had. Could have been led by, well, I gotta keep it. I gotta gotta save it. Some of you are thinking, wow, that is so wrong. I mean, here in a culture where widows, there there was programs designed to help the widow take care of the widow, you know, help provide for the widow. And here the widow comes. I mean, we should be helping her. Why is she sowing into the temple? Why is she giving? Why is she giving generously? Here's the thing, this is what I wanna say. God sees your heart. God sees your heart. This is why Paul encourages giving and says, don't give out of obligation, give out of joy. I'm sure something, there was something driving the widow, something driving the widow, a joy that was driving the widow, not a burden, not a religious heavy, but a joy. The fact that she could come to a place where she could give everything really is a picture of the gospel, a picture of what salvation looks like, where we dive into our relationship with Jesus and we lay it all on the table, we give it all. That's what Jesus wants, he wants our entire life. He wants all of our life. And this this moment with the widow really is a picture of what we are to be like and emulate in our life to God, Romans 12, to offer our whole lives as living sacrifices, not just an offering financially, but our whole lives as a living sacrifices. So are you led by your little or is the little led by you? Which in this case, the widow, you could tell the widow was leading the little that she had. It's like, you know, the question you've heard before, do you serve money or does money serve you? Because when your money serves you, your heart is open to God not the other way around. In the words of Jesus himself, it says in Matthew 6, verse 24, no one can serve, everyone says serve, two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You gotta pick. Mammon is money. You can't serve both you're serving money, listen, God doesn't have your heart. If you're serving God, guess what? You will have money as your servant and not the other way around. I want to pray today that God prepares your heart in this season for what he wants to do in 2021. God, I pray that in this moment today, you would just open us up. You teach us a little bit. Give us a perspective of what it looks like to make heart sacrifice. That it's not about what's in our hand or what's not in our hand, it's about our heart growing, maturing, and ultimately our relationship with you getting stronger. God, I pray today, it'd be one of those monumental moments that changes so much of the trajectory of our future, that we can look back and share it with future generations. It's moments like these that change everything and be able to look back and say to our sons, our daughters, our friends and family, that it was in moments like this. This is where everything in my business changed. This is where everything in my personal life changed. This is where everything in my relationships in life that I was believing to change, changed. I, I pray that today would be one of those days in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanna encourage everyone today who is bringing a financial sacrifice at the end for our House of Hearts offering to remember this truth. It's not about the size of the gift, but the size of the sacrifice. It's not about the size of the gift, but the size of the sacrifice. This is true of the widow. It wasn't about the size, the two small coins. In fact, Jesus acknowledges the fact that the rich, had way bigger gifts coming into the collection box. I mean, you could hear the sound of it, way bigger gifts. But he said to uh, his disciples about the widow that she gave really the biggest overall because it was a reflection of her heart. And that's how God measures it, about the size of your heart, not about the size of the gift. It says, let me read this again in Mark chapter 12, verse 41, starting in verse 43, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions for they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has had to live on. Like I said, Jesus sees and hears the heart. He sees and hears the heart. Every all in moment that I'm sure like this widow, We've all had moments like this widow in our life. We were all into our business, all into our family, all into a relationship, all into a new season of life, a new endeavor, a new idea, a new creative you know, project. We were all in and, and we could look back at the results, the results of being all in usually in anything in life. Of course, if it's God led, spirit led, wisdom led, then we're gonna see great results as a byproduct. But we can all remember these moments, even in struggle, our last dollar and we were all in. We paid this bill and it was like all we had left to pay this bill that we had to pay or or, you know, the last of our savings or the last of our, you know, money in our checking account because we were giving to something like this. I can't tell you how many times. And my kids have watched this with Michelle and I empty our accounts multiple times in moments like these, not because we have to, but because we feel like God has spoken us to, and when he does, he always produces mind-blowing results. I can't tell you how many hundreds and hundreds of stories of financial faithfulness that God has had towards our life through stepping out in moments like these, but not to highlight just the financial faithfulness, but to highlight the things that God has done in our personal lives, emotionally, mentally, physically, our relationships, the the, the wealth of our relationships, our network, our support system, our kids. Like I, I attribute, I look at the faithfulness of God, not just in our finances, But the faithfulness of God as I step out in moments like these and how he's protected those around me, those that are closest to me and those that I love with all of my heart and all that we touch. And I just see the faithfulness of God, the kindness of God all around. So we can't just get our attention on I'm giving and 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 expecting in my heart for God to show up financially. That's great. That that will probably happen. That does happen. But I believe it's more than that, man. When I give, I want my kids to, to know you. When I give, I want my relationship with my wife to be stronger. When I give, and I'm not doing it for that, but I'm attaching my faith. I so believe in God. I so believe in the work of God's house. I so believe in the value of giving to the house of God. And, giving to God through the house of God. I so believe in that so much because I've seen the faithfulness of God in it. And I see it scriptural, all throughout scripture, in fact. But I'm so thankful for all that God has done over the years. It's been absolutely, absolutely amazing. Now, we don't know what happened to this widow. We don't really know much about her Future, we don't know. You know, I just shared a little bit about our story about in moments where we've stepped out and we've sacrificed hard seeing the faithfulness of God and we can track it. We can look back and track it. We can look forward and expect it. We don't know exactly what happened to the widow. Um, But what we do know is that what she did the sacrifice that she made still speaks to us centuries later. It still encourages us centuries later. It was so important that it was written down. Listen, not everything was written down in the Bible, but there are certain things that Jesus wanted to highlight through inspiring the the writers that were written down to inspire us centuries later for a reason. There's so many stories, and in fact, some of the the last two main stories before Jesus went to the cross were about radical sacrifice. This one, and also the one where the woman pours out uh, the perfume that was worth a year's wages on Jesus and wipes his feet. I mean, this th- these these were radical acts of generosity that preceded the uh, the crucifixion, the death and resurrection of Jesus. Why? For a reason? Because Jesus wants us to get a revelation of the harvest that comes through seed sowing, the harvest that comes through radical sacrifice. Your sacrifice now speaks and declares, write this down, great significance into the future. Your sacrifice now speaks and declares great significance into the future. We're not remembered for our success. We're remembered for our sacrifice. We're remembered for our sacrifice, whether good or bad. People will either remember that you sacrificed your family, for example, for so-called success, or they will remember you sacrificed so-called success for your family, and we call this significance. There's a big difference. If significance motivates your sacrifice, you will win. If success motivates your sacrifice, you will lose. It's the difference between a healthy expectation and an unhealthy expectation. If my goal is, if I do this right now, I'm gonna be successful in A, B, C, D, E, then you're gonna lose. But if my goal is I do this right now, I'm, I'm actually releasing significance into my future. I'm about significance, this is what's motivating me. I wanna be remembered for sacrifice, not just success, sacrificing the right things so that I can come into significance, be remembered, leave a legacy for generations to come. This is why we do what we do. I always share this story, or at least not always, but the last several years, Several years ago, there was a woman in our, on our team that actually, you know, unfortunately passed away of cancer and she had been serving on our, on our team for years. She was an elderly lady, an amazing, amazing, precious lady, precious woman. We loved her so much, Michelle and I, and I remember meeting with her and she was kind of like letting us know she wanted us to do the funeral, that she was kind of preparing herself that if she were to die, of course, we were believing for healing at the time and uh, she unfortunately passed away but i remember i remember having the opportunity to visit her a few days just a few days before she passed away and i was in the home where she was uh the the hospice home where she was and i was visiting her I wanted to like kind of say you know my goodbyes potentially uh as it it all it felt like she was on her way out and it felt like she was ready to 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 be on her way out to be honest um but i remember visiting her and and i remember just sitting with her her family was around and she didn't say a word to me i know that she knew who i was of course i know that she knew i was there but she just had no life left in her she didn't say really a word to anybody in fact she was just sitting there and kind of just being in the presence of her family and those that she cared about and i remember after being with her for you know i don't know maybe an hour I left the room and as I was getting ready to leave, in fact, I left the room, kind of said my goodbye to her, gave her a hug. Once again, she didn't really even acknowledge that I was there really, you know, and uh, left the room and I was in the hallway on my way out to leave. And one of the daughters comes rushing out, Her one of her daughters comes rushing out and says, mom wants to, want, wants to say something to you, wants to see you. And I, I'm like thinking in my mind, I'm like, I was just in there, she didn't say a thing to me. I come back in, And in a very frail, soft whispering voice, she leans in to my ear and says, did you get the donation for the holiday dream? And my mind in that moment was just absolutely blown. Here this woman is about to die and all she's thinking about is the sacrifice. All she's thinking about is the donation. All she's thinking about is the significance of what she believes that this event has in our city. And she wants to be, she wants to make sure that we received her donation for the holiday dream. Now, for those of you that do not know, uh, or maybe you do, you know, just next week, just six days from now, next Saturday, we are uh, servicing hundreds and hundreds of people in our city that would not have toys, You know, these are families that can't afford toys, brand new toys for their kids, food, full turkey dinners for their kids. Just one week from now, we're gonna be doing this. And I know many of you are involved in this. Many of you have have sown into this. Uh, Of course, you know, part of our uh, our missions budget of 10% of what comes into the general goes into this every year. And even more, we were able to put in as a result of um, the last House of Hearts offering. But this is happening. And this is and, and this is a, a an event that really impacts the city and really changes the game for so many people that would not have a good Christmas otherwise. And we're so thankful we're able to do this every year to hundreds and hundreds of people in our community, the working poor in our community, those that have needs that are really great in this season. But I love this story because when I think about what Marie Richards said to me in that moment, It just, it blew my mind that all she was thinking about is the sacrifice. Now, when I think about her, when I think about Marie, I think about the sacrifice. I think about the significance. I think about, uh, you know, this last moment with her. And I, I wanna be remembered like that. I think you wanna be remembered like that. I think this widow, we don't know what happened to her in the future, but we all remember the widow with her sacrifice. We don't know anything else about her life. But the fact that she sacrificed, she gave everything, it was everything to her. She was all in, she gave over and above, and that was remembered so much to the place where it was used as instruction to teach Jesus' disciples. My hope and desire, always for our culture as a kingdom culture family, is not that it would be equal giving but equal sacrificing. This is an example of a house of healthy hearts, hence the name why we call it house of hearts. For those that have a lot and those that have a little, sacrifice will always look different. You know, the the rich that were giving out of their surplus. Jesus was kind of referencing the fact that they weren't really sacrificing. Yes, they were giving great, awesome. We celebrate that, but they weren't really sacrificing. But this widow that gave less than all of them, not even close to what they gave, was sacrificing. And this is the goal, whether you have a lot or you have a little, God breathes on sacrifice that's motivated by faith and motivated through significance. As we've said, moments like these every year have more to do with what God does in our heart than anything else. Let me just list a few things that God can and will do when we step out in moments like these. He stretches our faith. He deepens our revelation of trusting him with our finances. He strengthens our perspective of generosity. He reveals to us his nature in a new way as provider. He challenges our mindsets and he refines our character. Now, let me just say all this. Everything that I'm saying right now, whether you give in the end of this house of hearts offering or not is irrelevant because all of this applies to any area of your life your family, your relationships, your job, your career, that what you sacrifice for will produce some sort of dividend, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Like I said, what's motivating the sacrifice is very important. But this can apply on all fronts. You do not have to give nor do I want you to give if you feel obligated or you feel like you have to. I want this to come from a place of joy and I believe so does God because God breathes on that doesn't breathe on obligation or ritual or tradition. He breathes on a sacrifice given, motivated from joy, motivated from the right place. That's where the breakthrough happens. And so this message really, yes, I'm speaking, it's connected directly to our House of Hearts Sunday, but even more importantly to anyone, to anyone out there that's in a season, they feel of sacrifice where they have to be all in it's a season where I believe God's gonna refine you. He's gonna open you up to new parts of who he is. He's gonna, he's gonna show you and reveal his nature to you. He's gonna do some things in your life that you never thought he would do. Now, most of the time, uh, most of the time, all of what I just mentioned that God does in our hearts in seasons of sacrifice is, is, is challenged by something that I call time. Now, let me just, let me just go to Genesis chapter eight, verse two it says this, as long as the earth endures seed, say seed. It's one word though. Seed time and harvest cold and heat, summer, and winter, day and night will never cease never cease. Now this is an amazing verse for all you global warming enthusiasts because we know that cold heat summer winter day and night will never cease. Kind of a joke. But the point of the verse that I want to I want to highlight to you is that seed time and harvest will always remain. Seed time Okay, I'm separating it just for the sake of conversation here. We plant the seed, then there's time, and then there's harvest. We all, okay, get lost. We have moments like these where we give, or we sacrifice, or we launch our new business, or we step out in faith in this new thing, and we plant the seed. The seed is like the promise. We put it into the ground. But where we get lost along the way often is the time in between the seed and the harvest. That's where we get disillusioned. We, go, we move into unbelief, we get doubtful, was that a mistake, should I have done that? Should I have started that business? Should I have uh, you know, started that relationship? Should I have t- taken this new job? Should I have bought this house? Should I have moved over here? Should I have done this or that? Should I have given in that offering, man, I gave it all and like, should I have done that? I can't answer that question for you. This is where you have to be led by God, inspired by God, move out of joy, motivated through significance, not success. But what I can say is that all of us in between seed and harvest struggle, and it's in, it's in a place called time. It's in the in between. It's funny because my firstborn daughter, her name is Promise, and the, like I said, the promise is like a seed. You know, when we step out in moments like these or start a new thing, it's like the promise. I'm stepping out. I'm taking the first step towards the promise. And like I said, there's time. Well, between promise and my youngest daughter, my oldest daughter and my youngest daughter harvest, okay, there's actually exactly seven years, exactly minus two days. So seven years minus two days. And the number seven is the number, number of completion. Now Michelle and I always felt like we were gonna have at least four kids and we felt like the fourth kid would symbolize harvest, would represent harvest in our personal lives. And it's funny because from the promise to the harvest, there was 7 years 7 years which is the, which is the fulfillment that took 7 days to create to for to create everything as we know it it's the completion it's the fullness the fullness of what it takes for a seed to become a tree uh from promise to harvest but remember in, it's in the in between that is always the most challenging part for us i want to encourage you today when you feel like giving up, if you've started something, you've sacrificed towards something, or maybe in this season, it's the first time you're stepping out into something new. Whether it's the House of Hearts Sunday that you're a part of right now, or maybe you're watching after the fact, or whatever the case may be, I wanna encourage you that during the time in between the seed and the harvest, to not quit, to not give up, to keep on believing. This is where the wrestle happens. This is where the faith uh, is, it grows in our life. This is where... Our character is refined. This is where our mind is renewed. It's in the wrestle when we don't see the promise. And this is why we get people to write down on their bookmark what they're believing for. So they have something to wrestle for as they step out and as they sacrifice. I want to see this happen. I want to see this happen. There are things in my life that I wrote down years ago that, that didn't happen until this year. And I can look back and I can actually, I still have the bookmark with the things that I wrote down from three, four years ago. I remember I I read one from three years ago that I had and the thing that I wrote down, one of the things that I wrote down is happening this year. Now, I could have been discouraged two years ago and been like, I wrote it down, God, I stepped out in faith and you didn't respond. Like many of you in previous years, listen, whether the harvest comes seven years from now, one year from now, two years from now, you know, 20 years from now, the point is that in every seed, is the capacity for a harvest. You will never get a harvest in life if you don't plant a seed. A farmer will never get a crop if they do not plant a seed to see that crop happen. So you gotta plant something if you wanna get something. Now, like I said again, I do not want to get our attention on what we get. We don't give to get, but we give because God is inviting us into a process to partner with him to see what he wants us to see happen in and through our life. Giving is a part of it. How do I know this? Everything in the kingdom started from giving. Jesus, as a creator, gave, planted, created, started the universe as we know it John 3:16 the whole message of the gospel is centered around this idea of generous giving for god so loved the world that he gave his only son. Everything is motivated through giving in the kingdom. And so this is why the Bible even talks about it's better to give than receive. Yes, receiving happens, but I don't give to receive. I give to become more like Jesus. I give to to partner more with Jesus. I give because I'm a co-heir and I'm a co-laborer with Jesus. I give as part of my walk of faith, with Jesus, whether I'm giving to God through the church, whether I'm giving to somebody my time, my skill, my gift sets, whatever the case may be, giving is the language of the kingdom. If we want to uh, uh, walk with Jesus in closer relationship, listen, all these things that we step out and do that are like Him just allow us to see Him more clear in and through our lives. And so, I want to encourage you: don't give up in the time in between seed. And harvest, it's such a it's such a powerful, powerful thing. Uh, I, honestly, I gotta say this, I love the time in between. Yeah, it sucks, it's hard. But I know that it's in those times that I'm made into a stronger human. I'm made stronger. I'm a better person, I'm a better leader, I'm a better father, I'm a better husband, I'm a better, you know, everything all around in the times where it's challenging, in the hard heart seasons. Once again, this is why we're talking about Heart Seasons as a series, you know? And like I said, I said this before, like this is not about an expectation of what God's gonna do. It's about an invitation into a process to become more like him in our generosity. God motivated Paul the apostle to send out an invitation to the believers at Corinth to find generosity by spurring them on through talking about the churches in Macedonia and their generosity, Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse one says this, beloved ones, we must tell you about the grace of God poured out upon the churches of Macedonia. For even during a season of severe difficulty, like a pandemic and tremendous suffering, they became even more filled with joy. How are you filled with joy during a pandemic, during difficulty, during seasons of struggle, temptation, trial? How do you find joy? How do you get joy? It says this, from the depths of their extreme poverty, super abundant joy overflowed into an act of extravagant generosity. I wanna say how you find joy comes from my last week's message in First Chronicles chapter 29, where, where David acknowledges that everything that I have comes from you. Everything that I have comes from you. So even in a pandemic, even in a trial, even when I lose everything and I have nothing left, kind of like Job, there's this joy in knowing that you still got my back. There's this joy in knowing that you're still here, the same God yesterday, today, and forever. There's this joy in knowing that you are with me 24/7. This joy overflowed into an act of extravagant generosity, it says. Verse 3, for I can verify that they spontaneously gave not only according to their means, but far beyond what they could afford. They actually begged us for the privilege of sharing in this ministry of giving to God's holy people who are living in poverty. Now, I love this, to beg. They begged them. We want to be a part of this. We want to, because there's, when joy motivates your faith, it changes your perspective of a situation. There was a joy that was motivating to join in on this process. I'm going to skip over to verse 7. It says, you do well and excel in every respect. He's speaking to the believers at the Corinth and the church at Corinth. You do well and excel in every respect. In unstoppable faith. You have great faith. In powerful preaching. In revelation knowledge. You're, you, you have incredible spiritual insight. In your passionate devotion. You're disciplined. You're all in. And in sharing the love we have shown to you. So make sure that you also excel in grace-filled generosity. Also excel in grace-filled generosity. First, eight, I'm not saying this as though I were issuing an order, but to stir you to greater love. I love this, to stir you to greater love by mentioning the enthusiasm of the Macedonians as a challenge to you. To stir you to greater love, because why? I said this last week, love looks like generosity and generosity looks like love. We cannot separate the two. It's the message of the gospel. It's the message of God to humanity. For I so love the world that I gave of myself as a sacrificial offering to you to set you free. Now, the journey is to get to know who that sacrificial offering was in his name is Jesus so he says this Paul says this I'm not saying this as though I were issuing an order you don't have to do this but I want to stir you to greater love shown in generosity by mentioning the enthusiasm of people that were struggling that didn't have a lot that were also in poverty that were struggling I want to stir you by showing how they overflowed in joy and that looked like generosity powerful. Verse nine says, for you have experienced the extravagant grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that although he was infinitely rich, he impoverished himself for our sake so that by his poverty, we could become rich beyond measure. I want to flip it down to verse 11. You should finish what you started. You were so eager in your intentions to give, so go do it. Finish the act of worship. I love this. He equates worship to giving. It's an act of our worship. Finish the act of worship according to your ability to give. For if the intention and desire are there, the size of the gift doesn't matter. I said this earlier. It isn't about the size of the gift, but the size of your sacrifice. For if the intention and desire are there, the size of the gift doesn't matter. Your gift is fully acceptable to God according to what you have, not what you do not have. have. Powerful, 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 powerful. And this kind of brings me into, you know, the whole, you know, this whole purpose of this season or this message really. In this season, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. He was the sacrificial offering sent into the earth so that we could break through break through the sin barriers of our life, break through all the walls between us and God that we put up because of our sin, Jesus came as the sacrificial offering to set us free, to break through those walls. He was the sacrifice. We cannot forget in this season that above everything else, forget the the offering at the end, forget communion for a second. I want you just to zero in and think about this season. It's a season where we celebrate sacrifice. Yes, he came as a baby and was not sacrificed until he was 33 years old, but he came as a sacrifice. The plan from the beginning was always for him to be a sacrifice. Says in Ephesians 5 verse two, and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Jesus' sacrifice was the seedbed of our salvation. On the cross, he said, it is finished. The process of sacrifice was finished. And then in that moment, he bowed his head, gave up his spirit, and then three days spent in a tomb. He didn't just die. He didn't stay in the tomb. He resurrected. This is what makes Jesus stand out amongst any other small G God out there. He died a sinless death. To offer his body voluntarily. It was a voluntary, a volunteer sacrifice. It was a willing sacrifice so that we could be set free from sin forever. Sin would be eradicated. Romans 6 talks about how the sin nature was taken from us to set us free from the sin that dominated our life. In that one moment on the cross, he eradicated sin and that sacrifice, he broke through so we could break through, but it didn't just stop there. It stopped at the, the grave when he resurrected. Everything was final when he resurrected. This is what makes him stand out amongst every other God. Jesus is the way, he says the truth, and the life, if you're watching today, I wanna encourage you to open up your life today in this season where we celebrate the beginning of the greatest sacrifice that entered our planet, that entered our world, Jesus Christ. I wanna encourage you to open up the door of your heart in this season and say yes. Say yes during a pandemic, during this time of uncertainty, there's nothing more certain than Jesus himself. Nothing more consistent, more faithful, more kind than Jesus himself. He so loves you and wants a relationship with you. Yes, I said relationship. He is a relational God. He's a God who communes with God us. He's a God who's intimately connected to our desires. He is a friend. John 15, 15 says, Jesus actually said about his disciples that they were his friends, no longer just servants, but friends, and friends share secrets with friends. Friends have connection, intimacy with friends. I wanna encourage you to come into and open yourself up in this season to friendship with Jesus. Would you just say this with me? Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God. I believe that you are raised from the dead. I receive your forgiveness today. I wanna be all in. I wanna give of my life today. I wanna offer my life as a sacrifice. You sacrificed it all. So today I'm making a commitment to come into relationship with you. I'm not joining a religion, but I'm beginning a relationship with you. You are God and I want all in, today in Jesus' name. If you said that, that's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. It says in Romans 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. By just opening yourself up today and saying yes is the starting point to an everyday commitment. If you said that, I wanna encourage you, email us. Um, The email on the screen is there. We'd love to be in contact with you, help you along your journey, pray with you, support you, and give you whatever you need to help you start a journey into a relationship with Jesus. For all of us watching, we're gonna dive into communion and then we're going to, Uh, take part in praying over all the bookmarks as you get your offering ready. Like I said, you can do it online. You can do it through text to give. Um, There's a digital, uh, uh, digital house of hearts card. All the information is on the screen. You can just go to the link on the website. I would encourage you if you have to change screens do it after this broadcast is over so you can have some time to fill it out properly online um but if you want to do it now you can do it now as well you can do it through like i said text to give or you can mail it in whatever is easier for you and maybe you don't want to take a part of take part in this that's okay we're still going to pray we're still going to believe with you that 2021 is going to be great so as you get your communion ready get your wine out get your grape juice get your whatever your bread or your cracker um and as you get your house of heart stuff ready, get your family ready, I wanna pray. Uh, I wanna read a scripture over you, one last scripture out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. As we take communion, this, these are the words of uh, of Paul reiterating the words of Jesus saying this, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself on the night he was betrayed. Speaking of Jesus, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That word means to bring me back to the forefront of your focus. Remember me, put me first place again. Center me, put me in the centerpiece of your life, as the centerpiece of your life. Verse 25, in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this is the cup or this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. The blood represents the washing away of our sinful nature, the cleansing, the the purification process of what took place when we let Jesus into our life because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. The body, the broken body represents how Jesus's body was broken so that he could heal our brokenness, so that healing could happen physically, emotionally, and mentally. We don't just do this. This is not a symbolic act. This is not a tradition or ritual. This is something we do because as we do it, we're communing with God, Jesus, in the communion, okay? We're actually connecting ourselves in our awareness to who he is. That's why it says, do this in remembrance of me. Bring me back to the forefront of your focus. Every time we do this, we're literally, there's an exchange happening. There's a connection, there's an awareness. Yes, we're eternally connected with Jesus if you let him into your life. We're eternally connected with him but there's an awareness of that connection that takes place in moments like these. This is his body. This is his blood. As we take part in this together, we are literally partnering with the breakthrough from over 2,000 years ago that started that started in a season just like this in the birth of Jesus Christ. So as we take this, after we take this, we're gonna pray. So get your cards out, get your bookmarks out. I want you to hold them out. I want you to believe and we're gonna believe with you for 2021 and beyond. As you step out, as you make the, the, that financial sacrifice, as you write on your card, we're gonna believe for great things. So let's take our, our a moment of communion. Father, I thank you for your blood. I thank you for your body, and I thank you for healing. I thank you for healing, for forgiveness. I thank you that, God, you're so good. In a season where it's hard to see good for so many people, God, you're so good you're still so good. And we just lean in today to the fact that over 2,000 years ago, you died, your body was broken, it was dismantled, disfigured, blood poured out of your body, so that our sin, the thing that would isolate us from God, would be eradicated from our life. That God, your body was broken, so our the disease, the 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 the, whatever's going on in our body could be healed our our mental state our physical our emotional state could be healed that we are healed body soul and spirit so today as we take this god we're just communing with you we're partnering our faith with who you are in jesus name let's take it together Amen. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Now I want I want you to get out, I want you to get out your card, your bookmark, and we're gonna pray over this together. Listen, I'm gonna believe, we're gonna believe as a house for some incredible things to happen in 2021. But like I said, don't be discouraged about it has to be just in one year. Yes, there are things that I've seen God do in a year. I've seen God do in a week. I've seen God do in a day. But some of the greatest things are the things that happen five years from now. Seeds that we've sown that we've seen no fruit of until five years from now, 20 years from now. Let's believe that God will give us the faith we need to manage the time and the wrestle in the in-between. So hold your cards out and let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for breakthrough. God, we thank you for those that are stepping out for the first time and trusting you with maybe their tithe, their first 10%, or maybe um, giving for the first time, or maybe for those that are sacrificing above and beyond and it hurts, it's painful, it's hard, it's super challenging. God, I pray that whatever the level of sacrifice is that you just breathe on it today, that you'd consume it, that you would be all into it in Jesus' name, that God, you would take that sacrifice, God, and you would look at the faith attached to it And God, that you would break through on our behalf in 2021 and beyond. That even for some, God, that we would begin to see the fruit of it tomorrow, the next day, even before the end of 2020. That God, that we would be able to exit 2020 and say, wow, God, you are incredible on so many levels in so many ways. God, I pray for those that are believing for healing. I pray for those that are believing for um, financial breakthrough, for uh, career changes, for new endeavors, for their business, for family, relationships, God, kids. I pray, God, that you would just do above and beyond what they are asking. That, God, you'd go above and beyond what they can think, ask, or imagine according to your word in Ephesians 3. God, I pray, that you would show them that you are the God of more than enough. God, I I pray that you would heal and restore relationships in this next season. Reconcile relationships. I pray for those out there that maybe are looking for a restored relationship with a spouse. Maybe there's problems in the home right now. I'm praying and I'm believing that in the next three months, you're going to see radical turnaround, radical breakthrough in your relationship. God, I pray for those that have estranged relationships with their parents, That in this next year, there would be the beginning stages of reconciliation and restoration and redemption in Jesus' name. That you'd show us, God, that even though it feels like we've lost over the last many years, that God, nothing is lost when it comes to you and you can redeem everything in a moment and bring it all back full circle. God, I pray for uh, uh, vocation changes and transitions in this next season that go smoothly. And that, God, you bring promotions to people's jobs and, and God, new elevation in so many ways to to their life, God, whether it's relationally, whether it's their health, God, that you would change the game. I pray for new levels of health in 2021. God, I pray for good wisdom, good discipline, good discernment on how to make that happen, not just outside of a, not just a miracle, but God, that you give them the wisdom that they need because sometimes wisdom is the greatest miracle of, the, of it all. God, I pray that you would do only what you can do, that by the end of the year next year, we'd be able to say that a miracle took place in this area, in that area, in this area. God, I pray for just incredible healing to be released over our physical bodies, over our emotional uh, well-being, God, over our mental state, that you would release incredible in this season healing, God, over people that are struggling, maybe with suicide, maybe with depression, God, would just feeling so isolated and alone and lonely in this season, I pray that you would show yourself as a friend. You'd show yourself as a good dad. You'd show yourself as the comforter, as the one who strengthens us, who gives us courage, who encourages us daily. Show yourself in a powerful way in that way to those that are struggling in this season, that feel weak, that need some strength, need to be lifted up in this season. Even for those where Christmas is tough. It's tough for so many people. It's a sore spot. It's a wound. It's a reminder of what we don't have often, the family that we don't have. God, I pray that you would be with those people in a way that would make them feel like they're like the only thing that matters to you in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would just do above and beyond all that we could think, ask, or imagine in this season. God, we believe and we put our faith together for every prayer request on this bookmark that it will be yes, and amen, and that you'd give us the tools to fight in the in-between, to believe that you will fulfill your promise in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for partnering with Kingdom Culture, The House. My prayer is that your heart would grow from this. Um, Maybe you're watching this after the fact. You're going to have an opportunity all the way to the end of the tax year in December to be a part of the House of Hearts. Like I said, the digital card will stay online. You can give uh, many different ways. Uh, For those of you that want to do it today, I would encourage you just to stay online and do it after the fact on your computer or your tablet or wherever you're watching from. And I just believe that God is going to do incredible things through your giving, through your generosity in this coming season in Jesus' name. God bless you, Kingdom Culture. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next week. KC family, thank you so much. What a powerful Sunday. We are happy to be part with you with House of Hearts 2020. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your absolute generosity. It truly is changing lives. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've had so many testimonies over the years of these moments changing lives. And so we are so thankful that you are partnering with us in this season. It's going to be one for the history books, Quarantine for Revival. Exactly, guys. Have a beautiful Sunday and an amazing week. Don't forget, Holiday Dream coming up, sign up today. We love you. Have a great Sunday. See ya.